This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Tomahome. And I'm Jenny from Reading Envy. Hello. And SFF Audio, I hope. (laughs) All right, so we're talking about the latest new releases, and I've actually got some recent arrivals as well, but... No, nobody sent anything to Jenny yet. Oh. No. Oh, and P.S. Anyone out there? I'm the new person to take in audiobooks for SFF Audio, and we want your audiobooks to review. Wow. You especially want them, I think. Yeah. Well, oh, ravenous. Probably only science fiction and fantasy for the most part. <laughs> Just Th- think of that Jenny out there. As, the, as the new Scott. So we'll put uh, uh, we put your address up on the mailing address up on the site, right? Mm-hmm. It's there. Okay, that's good. That that'll that will help, but yeah, I I got a shipment of audiobooks from uh, Scott. Oh, good. Uh, so some of these, uh, actually, almost all of them, I'm sure, have been mentioned on the podcast, but some of them hadn't been. Like uh, a couple I had posted this week, um, uh, a Bill Maher uh, new new rules book, um, and uh, I think there's a few others in here. But what's interesting is uh, I was looking at the the uh, collected collections, <laughs> you know, like Warriors 2, and uh, there's a a collection of uh, Matheson stories, Richard Matheson stories called Re- uh, Steel and other stories. Um, and I was just doing a comparison of, of like how the packaging deals with with um, how how they list the stories. So they never real, do, right? Well, no, that's the thing. Is Steel and other stories just says steel and other stories and then it right. mentions a couple other ones like the splendid source which is one you told me about tam and i uh looked looked up after you mentioned that um and then the uh the um warriors uh has a complete listing but it's very small print on the on the bottom of the of the back just in the copyright notice um so it tells you who the authors are but it doesn't tell you what the stories are unless you like have a magnifying glass right that's not um, good for older people. Well, also, it's not good if you're in the bookstore and you're saying, right. well, what am I going to get? But the funny thing is... You borrow their reading glasses. It's, it's just like, even, even so, you go to the website, it's not there either. Yeah. There, there's no way for a person who wants to cons- you know, just make a decision based on anything other than their gut as to whether they want to buy a book. Um, and I know I have this problem. I buy things that I already own. Really bothers me when I get home and I say, oh, I'm going to love this. And then I look, hey, <laughs> I, I have this happen too often. So um, I want more information because yeah. I, I, I'm, more, I'm less likely to gamble uh, than I used to be. But uh, the, the funny part is, is I was saying, oh, this is terrible. Warriors 2 doesn't have it. Uh, but Welcome to Border Town had a complete listing, including track number. Wow. Which, which and that was all on the back and I was like, wow, that is really good. Kudos. Are those the George R R Martin edited? Uh Warriors sets? Warriors is. Warriors. Um Warriors 2 is is although it doesn't include his story, um it includes uh, uh a bunch of other Naomi Novik and David mm-hmm. Weber, Sam Sterling. Um but I presume there's going to be a Warriors volume 3. Hmm. So and it's cross genre. It's not all sci-fi. It's like I mean, yeah, that's too, right. But it's, it's all soldiers. It's uh, not soldiers as much as warriors. Right. So I think Lawrence Block's entry is a d- uh, detective. You know, fighting. Oh, is it Scudder? I it might be. I can't okay. remember. Uh, it's actually not in this collection either. So oh. that's part of the reason I don't know. Well, what I'm really enjoying about those anthologies is that they're grouped by theme or you know yeah yeah exactly subgenre i guess so i'm listening to an urban fantasy one the down these strange streets one and i thought it was labeled pretty well in the back it it was kind of like what you're talking about where the it tells you which tracks of which cds each story is on but then when you stick the cd in your cd player nothing comes up automatically so i've spent hours (laughs) relabeling tracks just to get them to show up on my iphone the right way but oh they don't they didn't have chapters um I, guess I mean, a, just nothing, nothing that registers with the database, the CD database. Uh, <laughs> so you have to relabel everything. Yeah, that's a serious, serious issue as well. It's, yeah, 
It's just the uh, newness of it, I think. They just maybe the publisher yeah, I, to do it. I think it, the focus is on music, so yeah, yeah. Still worth listening to, but you have to do a little work to get there. So it's above it's above average urban fantasy because it's George R. R. Martin picking them. Oh, I don't know enough to know. Okay. I'm only on the second one. <laughs> okay. I mean, the authors are pretty standard and well known. Like, I think Jim Butcher's on there and Charlene Harris. So. I'm just picking it based on the subgenre. So I guess to me, I don't care as much what the stories are ahead of time because I don't know enough about it. I'm just kind of picking it based on that. Uh, speaking of um, things you're picking, uh, how how is the Around the World in 52 books going? Oh, good. I think I'm almost to 30. Wow. But I've been repeating some countries. I read a lot when I was in the Caribbean that was based in the Caribbean. So it's oh, fun. I'll- I was going to suggest uh, Tigana because that's based on Renaissance Italy. Oh, is it? Well, maybe I'll yeah. count it. <laughs> yeah, but go. he's he's Canadian though. I don't think that would count, would it? Yeah, not he got, the way he, I'm he doing traveled it. to Italy. <laughs> oh well. Uh, yeah, but you're trying to you're trying to like read authors from around the world. Is isn't that I the am. idea? Yeah, I'm trying to read authors I've never read that are from the country that they're writing about. So right. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just the setting. Well, that's how some people are doing it. Oh. She's a purist. I'm just a little more narrow. I just wanted to get exposed to new authors. So. Right. It's a good way to go. Yeah, it's really fun. So why don't we talk about uh, what's exciting us in the new releases that have yes. been out since our last podcast. So what what's exciting you guys? Well, I have most of the ones I'm excited about haven't actually come out yet. They're coming out this month, though. And it is audiobook month. I thought I'd throw that out I, there. I think, I think. Happy audiobook it, month. Happy audiobook it, month. That's too. for people who don't do audiobooks every month. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it brings new people in, and I, I'm, it. I'm fine with that. But, like, if SFF Audio posts, posts something that says June is audiobook month, <laughs> that's like saying, uh, hey, uh, is there an audio drama month? And it wouldn't, shouldn't it be six you, months? And, you should have a flashing banner on the top that says happy audiobook month. <laughs> With a spinning duck or something, <laughs> just random. Yeah. Well, but maybe you have listeners. No, it brings that people. Made the jump. Maybe they I just guess. listen to podcasts and not audiobooks. That's this awesome. is the month. <laughs> Do we get a podcast month? Oh, we'll make one. <laughs> I, I I think what's good about this promotion is that it actually is having uh, makes publishers like get into promotion mode. So Tantor has uh, everything fifty percent off. Oh, that good. is amazing, right? Not just downloads, mm-hmm. not just uh, you know, CD, MP3 CDs, not just re- re- everything is fifty percent off, and that's really good. Makes you know, makes it like a lot more go in there and collect it. But their their download system is is really excellent as well because they've got, I think they said a hundred titles, uh, science fiction, uh, fantasy titles, uh, for six ninety nine. Oh wow! Something like that. And that's a pretty impressive. Hmm. Well, the first one I wanted to mention mm-hmm. um, is Red Shirts by John Scalzi. Right. And it comes out June 5th, which is Tuesday. And Tam and I have a, a friend, I guess, online that we know from Sword and Laser that's going to be very excited on that day. <laughs> and his name is Nick. Hello, Hi, Nick. Nick. <laughs> so is that coming from... Uh, Brilliance or Audible? Um, I have it listed under Audible. Okay. Who's yeah, publisher? It, so, so where does it say new future releases on Audible? Because I, I look at it, I see it just added. There's something that says, I'll have to go back to it. Coming soon, maybe? Yeah, and it's not a complete list. It's just things that they're excited about. Ah. Well, there's a number of good categories. You know, there's the uh, Audible Frontiers category. There's uh, the Neil Gaiman Presents category. But Audible uh, Modern Vanguard also has a lot of good SFF stuff. Hmm. Um, it's Modern just, Vanguard, what's that? Well, that's it says, uh, for too long, important works from groundbreaking authors have been unavailable in audio. Basically, it's literary stuff. Like huh. New Wavy or... Uh, well, uh, Kurt Vonnegut's in there, for example. Brett Easton Ellis, uh, John Irving, John Cheever. Well, and they just put out a um, Colin Firth-narrated Graham Greene novel. Hmm. 
which I think is one of those. And I think it's Colin Firth's first audiobook. I'm pretty excited about that one. It's outside genre, but... I think a lot of... No, I think... Who's, who's Colin Firth? Depends on the books. Um, what, what's... Graham Greene's a pretty great writer. It's the end of the affair. Oh, yeah, that is outside yeah, genre. Yeah, right. it's really good, though. Oh, see but, that actor from uh, The King's Speech? Yes. Right. <laughs> he has a lot of romantic leading roles. <laughs> I think there's a lot of demand for him to have romantic leading roles. Yeah. That's probably from one of the Jane Austen books that he, he was in as a movie. That's right. I think that was his breaking role. Yeah, he was in the long, the very long version of Pride and Prejudice. Ah, uh, yes. That, that would explain it. Um, so, uh, w- what else is up? Uh, you, you haven't found the uh, future releases, uh, but you say Red Shirts is coming. How long is that going to be? multiple hours you know it's funny because on the coming soon page all it has is the title the author and the date. <laughs> doesn't give you oh, publisher okay. it's coming soon. i see yeah oh. his books are on the short side it's probably like 10 hours yeah and it's funny it's it says uh with three codas so i think it has like three short stories and a novel oh interesting yeah he, he talked about that on his uh blog I feel like we've been anticipating it for a long time, but it hasn't been that long since his last book. I think he's very good at uh, just, you know, having everybody know what's going on with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah his blog nice. is really popular. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one that's coming soon, June 19th, is The Long Earth. Uh, mm-hmm. by Terry Pratchett and Stephen Baxter. I don't think they've oh. collaborated before. No, that'll be really interesting. So, yeah, it might be. Might be uh, uh, it's a, it kind of a... I guess a couple of British authors getting together <laughs> who don't really normally go together. Yeah, because Stephen Baxter writes more of that environmental stuff, like the yeah, dystopian. These days. Yeah, that's these all. These are really crazy galaxy-spanning books, but now they're more. Oh, really? Like, yeah, now he's focused on a more relatable environmental type books. Yeah, because like I've Flood read Flood. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, how did you like Flood? It's okay. It was kind of repetitive, I guess. Like it just was kind of like this little plot line happens. And then there was a lot of science. It's it's pretty heavy on the science. Yeah, he's hard. So at some that. people would really like that, but I didn't like it as much. But that's why I'm trying to like understand how he and Terry Pratchett will work together because I think of Terry as very quirky and funny. And have you read Terry Pratchett? A little bit. I've read the a little subset of the Discworld novels. I think one day I was browsing the comic book version in the store, and it seemed pretty crazy. Just like a giant yeah. turtle or something, and they live on the turtle. Yeah, so it, on top of another turtle. Yeah. <laughs> Turtles all the way down. <laughs> Crazy. Well, and he wrote Good Omens with Neil Gaiman, too. Oh, I haven't read that. That's one of the few Neil Gaimans I haven't read. Mm. It's great in audio. Yeah, I, I hear it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, Steve, you know, Steven Baxter yeah. has a Doctor Who uh, novel coming out, too. Oh, oh really? He's just yeah. expanding all over the place. Yeah. The other uh, Audible title that I don't think anyone's mentioned on SFF Audio is uh, the novelette that's free um, by Gregory Benford called The Hunger for the Infinite. Mm-hmm. You guys hmm. saw I didn't that? See that one. No. It's on the main yeah. page if you go to science fiction and fantasy section. Okay. Yeah, that's um, in his Galactic Center universe, so I guess they're trying to draw people into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's it seems to be getting fairly good reviews, although, uh, you know. I listened to the beginning, and it's really. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like uh, I have no mouth and I must scream. Oh, like it's <laughs> a weird uh, mechanical entity that has control of all the humans and he's torturing them and stuff. Yeah, that's definitely I have no mouth and I must scream. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's short. It's only two hours or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's in the same universe as his whole Galactic Center series, which just came out in Audible too. So I guess that's like an advertisement. Good promotion, yeah. Well, the other thing I really noticed on Audible was the sheer amount of David Brin novels that are coming out in audio form. And, you know, I've always meant to go and read The Kiln People, but I never have. So yeah, that, I think we mentioned that was coming out, and that was uh, on the last one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think there was a couple others that were out as well. And I haven't read that one, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Scott, Scott loves David Brin. I don't know I if you're he here loves- to uh, trumpet it. Hmm. I think he. I think he. Uh, I think he likes some of it. Okay. I could be wrong. Love is a pretty strong term. <laughs> well, well you know, I, I know you are not as thrilled as Scott is. I, I just think uh, you know he. Uh, it's overblown because basically I wrote a bad review of one one of his okay. his uh, novels, and I've written other reviews of 
some short stories. Um, it's just, you know, it's a badly written book. That's part, you know, book two in a series that won a Nebula and a Hugo, um, and it's not very well written. Um, but it's got some good ideas in it, but they're not all that original either. So, um, I just, I get upset. I I think that was the point where I said, I'm not going to pay attention to the awards anymore because they are leading me astray. Mm -hmm. I I said, Oh, Hugo Nebula award winner. I'll check that out. And it's like, Oh, this is shit. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. I've been burned by that too. It seems more of a popularity contest than exactly. And, uh, you know, there is a, there is a collection out with the David Rin story that is good. It's called The Greatest Story, uh, Greatest Science Fiction Stories of the 20th Century. It's, mm-hmm. it's an old book. It's available on Audible. Uh, it says Dove Audio on the packaging, but Phoenix Audio took over. And let's see if I can find the, the Rin title. The Dove became a Phoenix. <laughs> uh, it's called The Crystal <laughs> And it's, uh, it's, it's a good, you know, take on that idea that we've got a, uh, a universe that appears to be the what we've got, but it turns out that the old uh, astrologers were right kind of story. And it's <laughs> got a bunch of other great stuff in there. There's Harlan Ellison's story, Jeff D is Five, Why I Left Harry's All Night Hamburgers uh, by Lawrence Watt Evans. And, and it goes way back to Bears Discovers Fire is in that collection. So if you're, if you're looking for a good, short story collection you can't you probably can't do much better than that because they all are real science fiction stories hmm. sounds good mm-hmm. so i'm not i'm not saying Bryn is horrid what i'm saying is uh his he's been overrated and he has a huge ego which shows up in every speech he gives and <laughs> uh, well, didn't he just give one about uh something about science fiction Perhaps I have to look it up. Um, I haven't read The Postman, but that that one's pretty highly rated. And that was a movie, right, with uh, Kevin Costner? Uh, yeah, I I think it's uh, fairly similar. <laughs> in, right, a loose loose I, adaption. Lo- yeah, I think. Oh no, I think it's fair. I, I think it's fairly similar. It's a post-apocalyptic uh, sort of story. No, I don't think the movie did very well, though. No. Right. Well, Kevin Costner. <laughs> I, that was probably his follow-up to, uh, or maybe it was Wyatt Earp. To, if you build uh, it, they will come. <laughs> Did anyone yeah, end up trying the Heinlein Glory Road? He probably talked about it last time, but... No, I don't think we did. Oh, okay, well, it's narrated by Bronson Pincho. I don't know how you say his last name. Yeah, Pincho, that's right. But I have enjoyed him so much in any audiobook I've listened to that he's done. Yeah. He's amazing. So even though I'm not sure I would probably listen to Glory Road on a normal day, I might listen to it because it's him. You know, it's actually a, a quite a good book. I, I, I think, uh, in among others, it got quite dissed. Oh, did it? Yeah. Um, our main character, in among others, uh, whatever her name was, um, she she More. said, "Oh, it wasn't Heinlein. Heinlein was off the rails or something like that." She was saying, but what it is is it's basically his take on a Princess of Mars. Uh, I read it years oh. years ago before I read Princess of Mars. And it's set in, it begins in France with a, uh, a Vietnam vet who's, you know, just trying to take it easy. And, uh, he answers an ad in the back of a newspaper saying, uh, hero wanted. Hmm. <laughs> and turns out that the princess of fairyland or whatever, whatever is, uh, in need of a hero to come help her get her kingdom back. And he sort of enters an alternate dimension, just like, uh, or, you know, in a, in a very uh, John Carter way, gets to this alternate world and you know goes and does being a hero. Hmm. And it's, I, I quite I quite liked it. It's not um it's not his best, but it's certainly uh it's you know mid middle of the career Heinlein, so it's it's got a it's got a lot worth going for. It's definitely worth listening to. Hmm. Well, and then there's another book that's coming out on June 5th again that's also Bronson Pinchot mm-hmm. and it's uh, non-fiction I don't know if you saw this one, it's called How to Build an Android, the true story of Philip mm-hmm. K. Dick's robotic resurrection <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, up from Blackstone too Yeah, and that sounded really interesting, I wondered if you'd heard of it I, I saw it on the list and I know um, I know a little bit, I think, about the backstory, somebody built a uh, a Philip K. Dick robot 
which is just like a you know a, a machine that sat on a couch and and had a moving head and <laughs> then somebody stole the head when it was on display <laughs> and I guess this is the story of them re- trying to reconstruct the head I don't know I don't know I don't know uh, what that means exactly but. Uh, Sounds like a Philip K. Dick story. Yeah, I, I think that's what I think that's what the authors thought. Um, Truth is stranger than fiction. Might be interesting. Yeah, and you don't see a lot of nonfiction related to science fiction that comes out in audio, so I was excited to see it. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice and short <laughs> CDs. Yeah. The Actually, one... go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, Alistair Reynolds' Blue Remembered Earth comes out Tuesday as well. Tuesday's a big day. Yeah. And uh, I used to see that audiobook on Audible. And then when I would click it, it would say, no, you are not in England. Denied. Oh. <laughs> so, but I'm probably it'll come out next week. Yeah, because yeah, Luke did the review for it already, I think. Who? Oh, yeah, Luke. Luke yeah. Yep. He's, he's only a one-word uh, name. You've got to learn it. He's like, share <laughs> Um, it looks like there's a couple other uh, new releases from Blackstone as well, but um, the other one, I guess the most notable is uh, The Number of the Beast, which is a uh, probably one of the first really long trending <clears throat> books from, it's 20 hours, and wow. that, was, that was when Heinlein was in sort of late career, um, early 80s, and they are just letting him write, <laughs> yeah. I guess, or not editing him or however it was. And it's actually fairly interesting. And I think it would probably be more interesting now <laughs> than when I read it years and years and years ago. But basically it's a, it's an alternate world's book. Whereas I think, uh, this professor, he builds a, uh, spaceship that doesn't go to other planets, but it goes to other worlds by, you just get in it and you press the controls and you go to the next dimension over. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, it's it's sort of the alternate worlds thing, but it's an adventure story. But the, uh, there's tons and tons of references. So each world they go to is basically a literary world. Um, it's like you know, there's one where John Carter is is there, and there's another one uh, where you go and uh, Ming the Merciless is, is is there, right? It's like a Ming the Merciless uh, conquered Earth or something like that, uh, and I, when I read it, I guess in the in the mid '80s or whatever it was, it was it just a lot of it was like, okay, that's interesting. I got that one reference, but I didn't get most of it because I, I guess I hadn't read as much, and I was, I was pretty young. <laughs> Sounds like a Joe Walton book. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a little bit like that, um, but the plot's not spectacular. Mm-hmm. The other. It, it, um... Oh, go ahead, Tamara. I was just going to ask, is the beast actually Satan? Like, is the number... Uh, yeah, there's a universe number 666, I think. Oh, okay. Ah. So I, you type in the number long and then you go to that dimension. I think that's how it works, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's fun. It, it's uh, I think I read it in 1991 or something like that, and it was... It's, maybe that's right. And I'm assuming it has all kinds of weird sexual stuff in it. Oh, there's a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, it's, from Highlands later. You know, uh, compared to some of the books I've read since then, Highlands right. quite tame. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's not to all tastes, I would say. It's no Fifty Shades of Grey. I haven't read that. Okay. Moon War by uh, Ben Bovis <laughs> out, and that's read by Stefan Rudnicki. Um, that's another one of the Grand Tour series that Scott's a real fan of. Right. Yeah, I haven't read any Ben Bova. He's good. One. He's good. Oh yeah, you've read some. Oh uh, yeah, a little bit, not not a ton. Um, and then I think that's about it for the SFF content of of uh, June for Blackstone. But there's what I like about Blackstone is they tell you what's coming up every month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's and one from July that I really zeroed in on. Is that 21st Century Dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You know, I'm not really a zombie fan in general, but I like to read anthologies of short stories. I I kind of collect them. I have The Wastelands, The uh, Brave New Worlds, Mirror Shades, 
and I'm trying to collect a different anthology for every little subgenre. So mm-hmm. this one would be a really fun one, and it's, it's all it's really useful to go and dig in. You know, you you say, oh, I heard of that guy, and then you pick up the book that you have and you read that story. Exactly. Um, it's it's a handy a handy way to. I, I read by author. I don't read you know a whole collection back to back. But yeah, it's really nice to have that handy. Yeah. It looks pretty good. The cover's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't say who's narrating it yet. Uh, it says various readers. Yeah. Um, but I think if it's hard to see from the cover, but it says Orson Scott Card, uh, Daniel H. Wilson. Um, those are the ones I recognize. I just read the five-chapter preview of the Daniel Wilson book. Mm-hmm. The one that's coming out soon. It's really good. He was I new to me. Read any of his stuff. Yeah, I hadn't read Robo Apocalypse, but yeah, that one was the new one is called Amped. I think it's going to be an audio too. And someone stole that title and has the same title on their book. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> now, uh, in July, also uh, Energized uh, by Edward M. Lerner. Um, hmm. that, that's a new near future book. Um, Edward M. Lerner, I have read as a collaborator with Larry Niven. He wrote some uh, puppeteer-centered books, which is, I guess, Ringworld-related. Um, and I think there was a three of those, but I hadn't read him on his own, although I know he had written stuff before that. This one is about the end of oil, what, what happens after oil ends, I guess. Sounds like there... a pa- Pajo, what's his name? Pajagalupi book, like Wind Up Pajagalupi. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. Although I think Lerner's um, less stylized. He's more, he's more of a, a traditional hard science guy. I think that's the idea. Are there Modis in it? Uh, no, I think this is not. Sense- <laughs> uh, I think it's near future Earth. <laughs> so it's it's not a um, it's not a uh, known u- known space book. But there's other good stuff uh, coming. I mean, I mean, I I read like a hundred pages of Kim Stanley Robinson's Twenty Three Twelve. I mean, that's really hard SF planetary. But uh, I don't, I just wasn't super excited by it. But if if you want a book with a ton of science in it, it actually has like separate chapters that are almost like Nova. They just hmm. give like long scientific descriptions of a planet or something. Isn't he the same person that wrote? Blue Mars, Red Mars. That's yeah. Kim Stanley Robinson. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I wish I wish Scott were here because he really liked those Mars books too. Yeah, but they're super sciencey too. Yeah, super duper science. Super science. <laughs> I, th- I think he's a, a uh, strong proponent of info dumps, <laughs> and this book certainly has that. <laughs> and they they're very useful. Um, if you scroll down a bit on July, you'll see a couple of Jonathan Mayberry books, and they're really short. They're um, they're three hours or so. Uh, one's called Weird Stuff, um, and it's it's it stars Sherlock Holmes in a real life ghost story from West Virginia. Um, uh, in one of the stories, there's one, two, three, four, uh, four stories. One of them exclusively written for Blackstone Audio, which I would think is. Uh, kind of cool to have an audiobook exclusive. They 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 have existed before, but they're still relatively rare. And then the other collection is called Zombie Stories. Uh, one's called Calling Death, another choke point, um, and one of them again is exclusively written for Blackstone. So we have so, two zombie picks in one month. Indeed. <laughs> and if you, you scroll even farther down past Glory Road. You'll see uh, that there's a new uh, Robert Block. I think it's the third Psycho book hmm. uh, called Psycho House. There's more than one Psycho book. There's Psycho Two, and I think there's Psycho House. Also, oh, does he escape from the uh, mental hospital? I think, I think there's a, a Psycho Two movie as well. That's right. Yeah, many years later. Mm-hmm. And if you keep going. Farther into the future, to the end of summer, and you'll see on August uh, another Larry Niven, Edward M. Lerner book uh, in that series called Fate of Worlds. I think there's one called Juggler of Worlds, 
and the other one's Fleet of Worlds. And I think that's probably as far as out we want to head in Blackstone. Yeah, probably. Because uh, I, 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 I don't want to get excited and then have to get excited again. You know? <laughs> it's exhausting, time, basically. It is exhausting. Now, uh, what what's going on on Audible exclusives? Anybody checked out the Audible Frontiers collection? Hmm. Well, I like that the general Audible stuff. I mean, I noticed there's three H.G. Wells books from last week. Last week. I, I guess those are just added, not new releases. Well, Invisible Man, War of the Worlds, and Time Machine. Okay. Uh, those should be out already. Um, but are they... Narrated by somebody? Not so. <laughs> They're narrated by somebody. They're narrated by somebody who's not me because I can't see them. I'll keep looking somewhere else unless Tam has some more information he's willing to share. <laughs> well, it's under last week under new releases if you just pick science fiction. I'll go to new releases instead of just added. I should have brought it up on my web browser before I mentioned it. Probably. <laughs> All right. I'm looking at last week. I see Glory Road. Right. Etsy. Oh, 101. Sell, uh, Etsy 101. Sell your crafts on Etsy. Anybody use Etsy? Nope. Sounds like <laughs> Jenny can't sell her, her baked goods on Etsy for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> they don't allow baked goods? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> You'd probably like it though, because you like eBay. <laughs> uh yeah, I th- I find it useful. I find it quite useful. They have stuff that you can't get anywhere else. It's, it's basically like looking at all the world's thrift stores at the same time. So yeah, yeah I, I I can't find what you're looking at, Tam. But it's I guess I could do a search for HG Wells. Well, and I. I did look at Audio Frontiers, but I didn't specifically see anything that was new that kind of stood out to me. Well, uh, the other way to go is to look at the massive list that SO Signal put out. Uh, Yeah, it's hard to tell which of those are audio. uh, Well, a lot of them will be audio if they aren't already. So, like, starting right at the top, the Eric Flint that series has been sporadically available. Uh, the 1666 and 1640. It, it's a very strange, uh, long-running series about uh, time-traveling armies, I think. <laughs> Does that link work for you? I'll check it out. The Invisible Man is narrated by Alan Munro. It's only five hours. Ah, uh, there it is. I see. Well... One book from that SF Signal. Publisher, Trout Lake Media. Go ahead. Oh, well, the the book I'd like to see in audio, if anyone out there is taking recommendations, (laughs) is um, the N.K. Jemisin book, The Killing Moon. I read that just a few weeks ago, and it was really good. And in audio, I think it'd be really fantastic. And I don't usually really like fantasy all that much, but it was really interesting. And you like that better than her first series, right? Much. Yeah, the first series was more heavy on the romance, which isn't really my thing. This one was a lot more interesting of a world, I thought. So. I, I'm looking for Jemison. I only see uh, The Shadowed Sun. Is that uh, in the same series? That might be the second one. It came out really soon after, or if it's even out yet. Mm. Oh, it's, but, on the, it's on the list. Okay. Uh, I thought I thought that's what you're looking at. Well, um, I, I originally was looking at received in 2012 on accident, so it uh, might actually be on this list. Uh huh. But the next one is supposed to be June or July, so that would make sense. They got a lot of books in. It's a, yeah. I, I presume they they're not scanning all of them because uh, th- that would be a full time job. Huh. Well, and then. Um, the Liz Williams World Soul book. I just like the the tagline. What if being a librarian was the most dangerous job in the world? <laughs> what number is that on the list? Uh, one forty nine. Oh my! Turn that one into an audiobook. That'd be great. <laughs> we all need librarian heroes. 
World Soul? Mm-hmm. There's no cover. Strange. Oh, there it is. Okay, it's above. I see. Yeah. Oh, it does have a good cover. <laughs> That's a Jenny book. Totally a Jenny book. <laughs> a she joke. probably uses the power of interlibrary loan. <laughs> Wayne of Gotham. That's a Tracy Hickman Batman novel. <laughs> and there's a, a Philip Jose Farmer book that's uh, newly released. Um, it says Time's Last Time's Last Gift. Wold Newton Prehistory. And that's. From Titan Books. What, I presume it's been released before. Doesn't say. Uh, there's no reviews for it. Maybe not. He's, he's, he's long dead, so I wonder uh, wonder how that came about. The, uh, the cover, that's the great thing about the cover art on here is, is it's extre- extremely good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one called The Vindico. Um, that really doesn't have much in the way of art, but the design is beautiful. From Putnam Juvenile. It's Lie, Cheat, Save the World. The Vindico <laughs> by Leslie King. Juvenile, I guess. Oh, X-Men meets The Breakfast Club. Hey. <laughs> Interesting, Don't actually. you forget about me. There is a... Um, a series that already used that tagline, though, uh, by Matthew Wayne Selznick. Um, uh, and it's not coming to mind anymore, but he's an early uh, potty book author. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of good anthologies in this as well. The Sword and Sorcery anthology, mm-hmm. um, that has a great cover, and it's got some a good cross-section of the different authors who comprise that, including Howard, but also... Uh, Fritz Leiber, Michael Moorcock, Jack Vance, and C.L. Moore, and of course George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah, there's also anthologies for steampunk and body horror. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought the body horror one looked pretty scary. Yeah. Um, and and uh, that's actually how I classify it, too. Um, there's moral horror and body horror. And moral horror is basically noir, right? Usually. <laughs> Hmm. It's is like maybe somebody dies, but uh, Chinatown is is a moral horror story, uh, whereas uh, most of the serial killer movies, you know, like Saw and that sort of thing, those are body horror. Yeah, and I actually splatterpunk is that another word for it? <laughs> uh, I think that's just people who like uh, uh, who. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really get that. But it's the mammoth book of body horror and the mammoth book of steampunk. They, I think there's a mammoth book of science fiction as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They were complaining that the mammoth book of science fiction didn't have any women. Hmm. Who Who are they? Were they women? <laughs> I believe so. Someone's well, got to say it. <laughs> well, actually, this whole thing started because I saw it's postmodern science fiction and temporal imagination. Number 76. Yeah. That's why I, I emailed you all guys in the first place. I figured it that looks, was the Jenny book. If that looks one. like a very academic book. Yes. They could have not, at least put a funny picture on it or something. Yeah, the cover is not very exciting. <laughs> no, it's not very exciting. And well, there's, there's, there's like be... no description when you go to Amazon oh, either. There's no description. Oh, terrible. How are we going to... But, that, that, but that's postmodern for you. It's a very postmodern cover. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, really know what that means. Um, Can something be postmodern in in 2012? What about post postmodern? That has to be. I think that's that's or, probably far down the the line. Or new <laughs> new new wave. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if most of these need to be audiobooks. I'm. What I like about audiobooks is is they tend to. At least they used to. They tend to just take, you know, the the cream of the regular books, uh, at least in the fiction department. Uh, take the cream of the regular books and then make those into audiobooks. Mm-hmm. But if it's a new release, uh, these days it it tends to uh, just be, you know, whether the publisher has uh, a tie-in. You know, like some publishers release everything as audiobooks. Right. And some and some don't. 
Um, but it, it makes it a little harder to, to tell. Well, the other book that I'd like to see made into an audiobook is The Islanders by Christopher Priest. I'm a little confused as to why it's on this new release list because maybe it just hasn't come out in the States until now. But Yeah, I think he, that's what it is. He won some award and it was nominated for another one that he didn't win. So it's gotten some acclaim. And it yep. sounded interesting to me. I don't know. That does sound good. Hmm. It's gotten a couple of good good reviews already. Mm-hmm. Masterfully thought-provoking and intelligent. I like that. Yeah, me too. He's the one that wrote The Prestige, which became a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A subtle and inventive SF novel. Those are the only two reviews on SF Signal, but they're very long, so this looks like a good place to start reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. That kind of drives me crazy when books come out in England and then you have to wait a year. Like, yeah, uh, don't Elsa get me Reynolds. started. Or Paul McCauley has a book, too, Mouth of the Whale. It's not even out in the States yet. Well, even books that were shortlisted for the Booker or the Orange Prize, you know, they already decided the Orange Prize, but one of the nominees won't even come out here until September. Drives Mm. me crazy. Yeah, me too. (laughs) It's it's turning us into pirates. Well, I just wait, and then I... I think you can order them from Amazon.co.uk. It's it's just it's going to be expensive. Yeah, and you can order from places like Powell's, too. They have it set up so that you pay an import fee, mm. which I think is a good way to go. But you can't buy the ebook, which is really frustrating. I would buy the ebook. Yeah. It exists. <laughs> so are you uh, almost all ebook now? No, no. But when I really want to read something, if that's the only way I could, then I would mm. do it. Yeah, and there's no import fee that way. Yeah. Does it bother you when the font is really small in a printed book? Well, I tend not to read mass market because I hate the paper. I usually read trade paperback. It's my preferred format, I think. Well, they don't always give you the option of of one or the other. Yeah, especially in science fiction. Sometimes, like there's some William Gibson books that I want to own, but Mm. they only exist in mass market paperback, (laughs) as far as I can tell. That's not very collectible. No, and they're not very readable either, but I love them. I mean, I, I'm kind of an older guy, so I prefer ebooks so I could make the font bigger. Yeah. To be honest. Make the font bigger. <laughs> <laughs> make the font bigger, says the old guy. <laughs> These fonts are too small. <laughs> this is trash. <laughs> I've got, um, I've got some, some more uh, stuff on my desktop here. Um, I counted them. There's seven uh, Philip K. Dick novels from uh, Brilliance that came to us. Um, and most of them are about six CDs long. Um, but the art on them, it's, it's the exact same as what's on the, uh, the paper book uh, releases. And there's, n- there's no point. The, the covers are just completely useless. It just has PKD in white and then mm-hmm. some abstract... Uh, image like from a stock photograph and then the title and the author name. It's like, I, so, I want to have uh, something that inspires me to read the book. Sounds very postmodern. I guess. I, I'm not sure what that means, but it, it, it's just, just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you compare it to the original you know, art that, that it came from, like Ace Books uh, publication, it's like Wow, it's it's night and day, and I guess it's it might be a marketing thing. Like it's not that they're cheap, uh, and they don't want to spend any money on it. It might be that they think they're they're going to capture the literary market, but they're really they are science fiction stories. So I'm not sure if that's a good plan or not. I, I from a marketing pr- perspective, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But from a collector's perspective, I just have no interest in looking at, at the covers. Um, but on the other hand, you know, like the, the Heinlein one I got to Sail Beyond the Sunset, brand new cover art, beautiful. Uh, it's got like a woman looking at the sun rising over uh, planet Earth. And it's makes me say, you know what? It's an old Heinlein novel that's quite long, but I want to read this, even though I have a feeling it's not <laughs> going to be as good as the Philip K. Dick book, you know? Um, I think art does matter. 
and I think it helps inspire you to read it. I I look at the cover as potentially deceptive. Like, it oh, probably yeah. it might have nothing to do with the. There's no guarantee that it has anything at all to do with the book. And so it's kind of like meeting like a really good-looking person, then you get to know them, and they're a psycho or something. <laughs> like, you have to be careful going in. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's I've true. been drawn in by a beautiful cover before. But I, I think, you know, at least if it has something on it, you have a chance of saying, oh, that's what this is about? Oh, that, Yeah, that hopefully it truth, truthfully reflects, like, what's inside. Well, yeah, but you, you, you know, you, that's, it's the initial look, right? It's, it tells you what's in it. But imagine everyone was walking around with a paper bag over their face, right? Now, I can't say that I'm going to be inspired to go and talk to any of those people. Right. But if they have a t-shirt on that says, uh, I don't know, uh, read red shirts by John Scalzi, I might say, oh, okay, that, that might be a guy to, to do it. And it's not that they have to be pretty, is, is they just have to convey information. Right. Right. So it's signaling, right? You've got a, a book with a rocket ship on the cover. Tends to be science fiction. Could be nonfiction, but it's probably science fiction. And I want it to convey to me uh, uh, the signals that I want to be signaled for. So I guess all those uh, paranormal romance with the, the, the chick on the cover with lots of tattoos looking over her shoulder with a sword. Um, I'm not sure what that's <laughs> what the signaling is, but it says back away slowly, Jesse. Back away slowly. You don't want to read that. Yeah, those are more for Jenny. <laughs> Jenny's gonna take that, I'm sure. Hmm. Do you do you, read, do you have a lot of uh, uh, tattooed women on the front of your books? I can't think of a single one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Oh no, that urban fantasy anthology. I think that woman has tattoos. Oh really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got one print. The, you prefer the headless men with the tattoo on the arm? Oh yeah, that's my favorite. The six go. pack. Mm-hmm. That's that kind of screams. I'm a literary miracle. <laughs> I'm gonna send you guys uh, this this one, which I think is actually an excellent counterexample. Uh, but it's not really. It's a secret, excellent counterexample. So that's Blackstone's uh, release of Flatland, which is a public domain, uh, not a novel, it's a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's a novella. Um, and I think it's a perfect example of a counterexample, right? It actually does convey information because this is a book about a two-dimensional world. And it's it, like geometry. Yeah, and in fact, those lines coming out that show perspective, yeah. it's misleading. It is misleading. <laughs> but I can uh, probably I, see it. I, I, I think, um, I think it's, it's uh, actually an excellent cover because uh, Flatland is uh, one of those books that a lot of people have released as you know a, a book previously. And if you look around, the covers tend to be um, pretty crappy. And this one is a minimalist design. But it actually conveys a sense of what the book's about, which I think is pretty good. It's, it's sort of a subtlety. It's called a romance, uh, subtitles, A Romance of Many Dimensions. And I've read bits of this, but I've not actually read the whole book. Oh, I've read the annotated one. It's mm-hmm. really fun because it has a lot of the math and explanation of the background in it. Nice. I actually I would... read it for a book club. <laughs> I, I would read it for a book club, definitely. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, the other does it have uh, a lot of diagrams. The annotated one does. I'm not sure. The original one is just a story. Yeah, I'm wondering how it, it goes, like in as audio. If there's, I don't know if there's any diagrams or not. Um, there is a. I think in one of the editions, there's a a map. I think. Okay. Um, uh, the other one from May in Blackstone's catalog. Uh, that's kind of timely, I guess. There's a. Oh, maybe it's not. Uh, it's isn't there a Red Riding Hood movie coming? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two uh, actually. <laughs> this is Snow White. There's a Yuri Rasovsky. He died, uh, I guess, late last year or early this year. I can't remember which. Um, he's a well-respected audio dramatist. Um, he put. A, I guess this is probably his last production. It's called Die Snow White. Die, damn you. <laughs> um, and it's a full cast dramatization. Um, 
<laughs> subtitled A Very Grim Tale. <laughs> and Grim hmm. is Dunlamp. Yeah, there's been a lot of um, revamping of fairy tales in the last year or so. Indeed. Both TV and film. Yeah, everywhere. And in books. Yeah. Uh, it stars Sandra O. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Blackstone has a few of these uh, audio dramas from Yuri Rosofsky. It's uh, well worth investigating. They don't seem to send them to us for some reason, but um, all the ones I've spotted in the wild are very compelling. Hmm. And uh, he is a good, he is a good audio dramatist, or was I should say. So are we I, uh, almost finished? We got I, I, have a, I have a brilliance title that I have a superficial interest in. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear about your superficial interests. It's called... Uh, <laughs> we'll rename the podcast. It's called Further Beyond the Threshold by Chris Robertson. It sounds very far future. A lot of aliens and uh, faster than light travel. Yeah. It's on Audible too, but it's published... Only got one, release, uh, uh, one review so far. I guess. Uh, no, ratings. Ratings. There's no reviews. It's eight, long, eight hours. Yeah. Long, yeah. Interesting. See, so that's the kind of cover I would see and be like, yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> but yeah, it helps, okay. oh, right? <laughs> it's signaling. It tells you something. Yeah. That cover would get my hopes up, and then I would read the inside, and it wouldn't be like that. <laughs> I mean, there should be a law that the cover honestly reflects the inside. You're going to have a lot of judges doing a lot of judging. <laughs> yeah. Not possible. I mean, I, covers are almost like uh, awards to me. Like, oh, it won a Nebula or a Hugo. Well, maybe maybe it's good, but I'll I'll be careful and, and check it out more. And a cover would do the same thing. Well, basically what I'm arguing for is not that the covers can be deceptive. Is that covers should convey information. Yeah. Is they, they should be signal they should be signaling uh, to their their audience. So, um, I'm not saying that if a book has a dragon on the cover uh that it has to have a dragon inside because if it doesn't it's it's uh it's breaking some law or something what i'm saying is is it if it's a fantasy it should convey convey the idea of a fantasy on the cover so i'll give you my first example when i was a little kid i was at my dad's house and i looked over on the shelf and I saw uh, a book with a dragon on the cover. And the dragon was sitting on a big pile of gold. And I said to myself, I want to read that book. And I grabbed it and went over to my dad and said, read this to me. <laughs> that was the Hobbit. <laughs> I think that that okay. was fine. And that if I had gone over there and saw... Uh, That's very a, lucky. Well, uh, I think probably it 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 helps sell the book, but it also is it's like if you had a a paper book there that says you know nothing on the cover, it just has the title, and you don't know what a Hobbit is. It's not going to sell it to you, is it? Mm-hmm. You're just going to say okay, it's something, but it it's a signal. Right. I like but, dragons. I want to read about dragons. But but now, how many books have the same cover as Tolkien? Uh, are they all just as good? No, that, but I'm not. I'm, I'm saying uh, I think we're talking two different ways, right? I'm saying books should have covers that convey a symbol, right? They should right. signal what is inside, like a, like and a tramp stamp. I think they don't have to be accurate <laughs> as much as they have to say something. It's mm-hmm. like imagine seeing a traffic sign that has no information on it, right? It's blank. Right. That doesn't convey any information to me. I. I said, why did you even put that sign up? It's a, a big blank space that you could put some sign up. And, you know, so John Scalzi's Red Shirts is not the greatest design uh, for a cover I've ever seen, but actually does convey, I think, pretty well what the book's about. You can see the, the icons. I'm not sure what those two U's stand for, but they look kind of Star Trek-y, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The shirt uh, shirt is red. I guess that's good. Um, the collar is sort of a Star Trek yellow color, so I have a feeling this is a little bit Star Trek related. Mm-hmm. Might not be, but that's the initial impression I get, and so I think it's a good design. But if it's, oh, what if the cover is totally deceptive? 
compared to the inside. Um, can you give me an example? Um, I guess I've been traumatized and I blocked it up. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'll, I'll let me tell you about one of the ones I've got here. And you tell me what information it conveys. Okay, so there's one called Lies, Inc. by Philip K. Dick. Lies, Inc. Okay, there it is. So I'm going to send this to you guys, and you tell me what that means. Because I'm looking at it, and I, I say it gives me no information. I have no idea what this right. book is about. All right. And, and in that lack of signal, lack of information, I have no response. Mm-hmm. My response should be to say, huh, I don't want to read this, or huh, I do want to read this. Or, huh, that's what this is about. I'm not in the mood for that right now. And I think you got that space. You should use it. Well, maybe the publisher just figured that neither would want to read Philip K. Dick or not, and that you would already know who he is. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe that little boy back in time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the hobbit on, on the shelf and say hey that you know i i think that's possible but i don't think it's a good argument um check out this cover this is the cover of steel which is a book i'm reading right now the steel and other stories um i think that that's a pretty good cover it's pretty minimalist i don't mm-hmm. that's think a nice it's cover a, it, but it's that, 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 like information movie. you've got a robot boxer down and he's climbing back up maybe Except in the short story, the boxer looks human. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, it's more, and so this could be considered a deceptive cover. Right. right? Because if you read the story, you actually know that uh, the robot boxer never actually gets the box. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> See, that's what I'm against, Tam, right there. Saying spoiler I mean, after the spoiler. <laughs> I mean, let's go back to this Chris Robertson book further. Okay. The cover looks like uh, Star Wars or Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe there's a lot of spaceships, but this could be deceptive. I mean, I'm not 100% trusting. It could be deceptive. It could be deceptive, but it does right. signal, right? Right. It does signal something. It makes you right. think Battlestar Galactica, and it makes you think Star Wars. Right. Uh, so you, so I, you would prefer a deceptive signal to no signal. I, uh, I can't make a judgment if there's no signal at all. Right. I have to have information. Don't shut me down. Put, okay. put, bring me up. Bring me up. Don't give me something. Me. Feed give me. Give me something. Yeah, that's right. Feed me Seymour. A lack of lack of stimulus. All right, that's enough on that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's so, uh, any anything else on the calendar here? No, I don't have anything else. We're done. Um, did you guys ever hear of C.S. Friedman? There's a lot of C.S. Friedman audiobooks. It sounds like an old classic author, but I never heard of him. C.S. Forrester is a famous classic author, but no, I've not heard of him. Okay. Mm-mm. Well, I noticed that. And, and Adam Troy Castro has a lot of books. He's the super creepy do-not-want guy with the uh, story about the hands. Apparently, oh, he, he has a lot of novels, too. Yeah, he's not, he's not always super creepy, I don't think. I think... Um, he's, he's just an up-and-coming writer. <laughs> I think that was just a horror story, right? It was, yeah. It, it's a, an effective horror story. Body horror story. Right. Mm-hmm. Paranormal romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> romance, I guess. I don't think there was any romance in that. <laughs> it's the wrong kind of romance. It's like lock you in the basement kind of romance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like think that counts. No. <laughs> That's the paranormal part. <laughs> it's definitely not normal. <laughs> um, I I've been reading a lot of nonfiction lately. You guys been reading any nonfiction? Actually, I've been reading uh, "End This Depression" by uh, Paul Krugman. Oh yeah, that's that's a kind of a interesting book um, based on the uh, recent reviews from uh, people, but also he he was just in, interviewed by. Geek's Guide to the Galaxy. I thought that. Yeah, was that's, really that's how I heard about it. He says it's easy to solve our economic woes. Just spend more. 
Oh, that yeah. kind of depression. Yeah, yeah. Our current, our current. <laughs> Paul Krugman's an economist, not a self. Yeah. <laughs> hey, never but apparently know. he's a science fiction fan. Yeah, I listened to that Geeks Guide. He's big into science fiction. He he likes Charles Strauss. And uh, uh, if you click through uh, to the website, the Geeks Guide website, they have a, a Charles Strauss um, Krugman discussion from an old Worldcon. That's okay. definitely worth watching, and it's nice to it's nice to see discussion instead. You know, I, I've been to uh, one science fiction convention at Worldcon, and it was a lot of panel discussions. Are it's just sort of very low level. You know, it's like basic information, and it's like ah, I traveled all this way to get information I already knew. I guess it's good for social, you know, making contacts and stuff like that, but. It's nice to see more, you know, deeper conversation, and you can get that on podcasts occasionally. <laughs> Maybe not this one, but um, <laughs> uh, oh, that was it, a good episode. Yeah, and it can be, um, it can be pretty good. So I, I'm listening to uh, one called uh, "Justinian's Flea" by William Rosen. It's a history of um, the late Roman Empire with. Uh, with uh, uh, quite a strong emphasis on how the how the empire actually fell, which his argument is that it it was because of the plagues, repeated plagues, hmm. um, which is not usually the way uh, historians have have gone after it because it's not very historical. <laughs> um, you know, the fact that um, bacteria are responsible for the fall of the Roman Empire doesn't uh, make a lot of people say, ah, you know, it was. It was the Christianity weekend of... No, it's not that. Hmm. Um, and it, he's a really um, uh, high-level writer. I quite like his other book that I read. This is actually a previous one. The other one I read was um, called The Most Powerful Idea in the World, and that was ba- basically the history of, of invention and steam engine, uh, steam engine era industrial patent design. And it doesn't sound like it's enthralling, but it actually is really informative in giving what the facts are about why why invention and inventiveness seems to take off in the industrial era and why it, it took off in England. Um, and he sort of brings that same um, uh, depth of research to the book in in this case. So it's all it, it makes makes me want to read more history. Um, one of the ones I've been wanting to read, and I don't read a lot of history, is Swerve. Yeah. How the world became modern or something like that. And there's an audio version, too. Yeah, I was thinking about that one myself. He ended up winning the National Book Award. But I think I listened to a podcast, the KCRW Bookworm interview with him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which, it made it sound really fascinating. I think he was on, um, uh, wasn't he on one of the uh, the Daily Show or... The other one? Oh, probably. Cause yeah, he, he, yeah, because of the National Book Award, I think he got a lot of press. But let me see if I can find the bookworm one. Yeah, here it is. It's one of my favorites, anyway. What have you been reading, Tam? Well, not nonfiction, but... uh, Well, actually, I'm reading uh, Blackbirds. We didn't talk about uh, Angry Robot. I read about half of Blackbirds by uh, Chuck Wendig. Hmm. And it has this woman that talks like Chuck Wendig. She's both very smart and very profane at the same time. And then uh, when she touches people, she sees the day that they die. And then she uses that to pick their pockets and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's very, uh, I guess, smarmy is the word. But uh, it moves very quick. And like every page has like woody stuff on it. But it has a lot of uh, dark content or, and weird sexual content. So not for everybody. but uh, I'm sensing a, a pattern with your reading, Tam. I'm sensing mm-hmm. a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just luck. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I, I think, think it's I think it's the signaling. Actually, you know, I was listening to that uh, Delaney interview uh, yeah. that you you sent to me, and uh, that sounds like a really interesting book that I have no interest in reading. Right. <laughs> no interest in reading. Just um, well, sk- skip uh, ahead 300 pages, and then he gets old enough to stop having sex, and then maybe. No, be- it, I think it was just uh, the 800 pages is staggering. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I think. You know, I want to get into more Delaney, but I think I'll go for the early stuff. Yeah. Although I just, a friend of mine just read um, 
Not Dahlgren, though. Or, that uh, was 17, and he said it was uh, it was not exciting. Oh. I mean, Nova's okay. That's pretty accessible mm-hmm. and short. Yeah, I thought it was pretty that. big. Pretty what? I thought it was fairly large. No? No, no, it's not that long. Oh, okay. I mean, compared to today. Oh. Okay. It's probably, it would probably be like a 10-hour audiobook. I'm uh, going to have to have that, um, that link. Thank you, Jenny. Sure. ACRW. I really like the guy who does the interviews on there because he knows everything and he just is really passionate about interviewing these authors. So it's the way to go. Yeah, he's amazing. I want to be him, actually. <laughs> I'm reading think, Tigana for a sword and laser. Oh yeah. I've read the first nine pages. <laughs> yeah, the, the second chapter is really deceptive, so you have to like push through that. Yeah. And then it gets pretty good. And it's okay. based on uh, Renaissance Italy. He does a lot of research before he writes his fantasies. This is a uh, guy Gabriel. Okay. Yeah, and I've never read anything by him, and it's standalone, right? So it's not like the first book. Oh in the yeah. Series. It's nice. um, it's funny that that book's coming back, um, because it was it was maybe it's is it as a new audiobook? Is that why? Because it came out in 1990. I I remember uh trying to read it, and I I I, I was sold that he was yeah, the, the beginning the Tolkien a guy. I was sold that he was the Tolkien guy, and I was like. This right. is not Tolkien. He edited uh, the Salarian thing. Yeah, that's right. He was and, somehow involved with that. And I, I tried to read that, too. and um, <laughs> It should have been signaled away. should have been uh, flagged away from that one because uh, I, I couldn't get into it. Yeah, you know, the Sword and Laser doesn't just read new books. They often cool. go back and yeah, read. Yeah, we have a vote. Yeah. yeah. I like that, that they're doing older stuff. Yeah, they like just did Hyperion and um, yeah. what's the other older one? We even went back and read Dune and Watership Down and Oh, Watership Down, that'd be interesting. Lots of stuff like that. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. <laughs> Are you singing? Sorry. (laughs) Ooh.